Hello and welcome to the Rigori Podcast, where the chat is as deep and meaningful as Simone and Zaggy's touchline instructions. I'm Giancarlo Rinaldi, currently flabbergasted at Fiorentina's fine form, and I'm joined by an equally victorious Venetian, my cousin Marco. Marco, what's going on in the world? I <laughs> know, we're making a new habit of this, I like it, I like it, we're both happy. Um, and yeah, as we'll get on to not only a victory, but a, a very good performance from my team. So, yeah, delighted. This is, this is bonkers. I don't know. I mean, we might be done under the trade's description of know, this exactly. podcast. We, we, we are going to talk about Italy, though. So ah, yeah, OK. So we'll, we'll, we'll get some <laughs> doom and gloom because otherwise people tune in to hear us being miserable every week. And yep. this is unheralded, unprecedented success. But we'll, we'll get to that. In a minute, because it's Sunday night as always when we record, and we've just seen something equally amazing. I think, really, I mean, a, a cracking game a, and a four nil that people might have expected a four nil scoreline, but probably not for Milan against Napoli. An astonishing performance, one way traffic, and a, a thoroughly deserved win for the Rossoneri at the at the full time whistle. Really, Marco. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, as you say, four nil. Not surprising, but you would have thought it would be Napoli hammering the goals in. But the the one thing that I would say is that if if it was a Milan fan, I'd be kind of annoyed that they they've got that performance now instead of in the Champions League because uh, obviously that that would have put them in a great position in the, in that. And I suspect Napoli. I don't know. I struggle to see that Napoli could could let that happen again. To be honest, I know Milan. I felt were very good value for the win. Um, and Napoli just didn't seem to have it tonight. But um, I can't. Well, I will. I will be surprised if it if it reoccurs. Yeah, no. I, I mean, I will add too. They've, uh, Napoli have always bounced back from the. Uh, they've not had many setbacks this season. When they have, they've bounced back quickly. I mean, the only thing the scale of this defeat yeah. was quite dramatic. I mean, no, he meant to lead the line. That clearly did have an effect. But I don't think you can. See that that was you know that was at the heart of the the four nil. I, th- I think that really, I mean, they did. It was probably one of the worst games I've seen Lobotka have mm-hmm. for Napoli. I thought Milan did a great job cancelling him out. They really did a great job cancelling everybody out. You yeah. know, was, uh, Calabria did a good job in Quaritzkilia. Tonali bossed the midfield. It was absolutely outstanding. And Rafa Leao was back to Rafa Leao as well, which, as you see, would be. Frustrating, I think, if you were a Milan fan, because where has that level of performance yeah. been this season? It was it was like a glimpse back to what they were last season, really. They were well-drilled, well-organised. Stefano Pioli got the tactics right. I mean, I don't know, I did see a suggestion, maybe Napoli were hiding their cards, you know, ahead of the Champions League. And, I mean, they are in a position to afford to do that. But I don't think you would be let some, yourself some, some mind games that yeah get hammered four 0 yeah that that's the thing is I mean yeah a defeat but you know yeah. to take that humiliation in front of your own fans regardless of I mean there was a protest at the yeah, the Maradona that, yeah. tonight which you know not all the fans were in favour of this a sort of dispute over taking banners and flags into the ground and and a section of the support was. Um, sort of assisted in silence to the game, which is not ideal, right enough. I mean, you'd think with your team going great guns, that would be enough, but not enough for the for some sections of the Napoli support. But yeah, no, it, that seems uh, 
I mean, implausible. I mean, although, you know, maybe... The only thing I do think now with the way that all these teams like to play, they like to go out and impose their play and they like... To, and if you do it, you know, I think if you just do it at 95%, not 100%, the wheels can come off yeah. like that. You, you see teams like that, like Liverpool just now, you know, that were... I mean, I'm not... This season, Liverpool's in no way comparable to, to Napoli. But, you know, you do see teams that go out to impose their play and if one element goes wrong, I mean, in Liverpool's case, playing Trent Alexander-Arnold. But, you know, if something malfunctions, it, 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 it affects the whole team. And there tonight, too many elements malfunctioned for Napoli. That that right wing where Di Lorenzo and, and Politano have been amazing, didn't produce anything. Kvaratskhelia was isolated. As I say, no Simen Lobotka was below par. Kim, who's been outstanding, was bossed by Giroud a lot of the time. And, I mean, credit to Milan as well. You know, they, they did a lot of good things. They dominated a lot of things as well. But, you know, it, it was the scale of it was a bit of a concern for for Napoli. As I said, it's one game, so and there's still streets ahead, so it certainly wouldn't be pressing no, any panic. No, I, I, I did have a quick look to see what would happen if Juve get their points back. But, I mean, there's still a... Still a big gap there, even. If that yeah, happens. yeah, there is, and I mean, oh dear lord, I mean, would anybody? I mean, even Juventini surely would <laughs> would not want Juventus to win the league this year. Eh? I mean, it could happen, I suppose, but you know, on on what the football Napoli have produced in the vast majority of their games, they're clearly the best team in Italy, but not on Sunday night, Milan. No. It was a a roar of the of the lions, really, from. Uh, the Rossoneri and, and you know they came back and as I say that was a statement of intent and you know makes that certainly that Champions League game more interesting as well I think no that would have been interesting anyway but you know it gives it even more spice than it than it had Absolutely, and yeah. certainly not you know maybe the foregone conclusion I think what it did show as well the, the other part that I took from it is the kind of lesson of the Champions League that Italian coaches are pretty bloody smart and that Pioli knew what to do to kind of stop yeah Yeah, to cancel out to to Napoli's you know you know he he kind of like putting a bomb you know (laughs) disconnecting a bomb he took all the wires away and he managed to he he managed to put um, Napoli you know make them look decidedly average and I think that's you know I do think Italian coaches have got that capability that I mean Alexis Salimakers looked phenomenal, yeah, no, you know, which, where I did that come from? You know, I've, there. I, I, yeah, I mean, I've never seen Salimakers. I mean, I've often questioned what is the point of Alexis yeah. Salimakers, but I saw it tonight. I mean, he looked he looked phenomenal. Um, so, so there he is, as I see, a, a coaching masterclass from Pioli there, and it shows that, and I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure Spalletti will learn the lessons from that and... As you see, that'll not be the story of the of the Champions League meetings between them. What, I mean, what does a coach do in that situation? Do you just say, "Right, boys, forget it and and move on to the next one," or do you analyse it and work out why you've shipped four goals? I mean, the instinct, I suppose, is just to say, "Look, bad day, bad night. Let's just forget about it. Restart again next week." I, I, th- I mean, I think that, that I think that would be my inclination. Although, as I see, the, there were elements just that some, something in the mechanism. Yeah, went wrong there, and and as I say, it's it's part 
you know, it's part credit to Milan, a lot credit to Milan, but it's also part a worry for Napoli. You know, is this, you know, when we don't dominate a game, are we going to capitulate like this? You know, yeah. are we going to fall apart? Because there were stages there where, you know, if if Milan had scored three or four more, it wouldn't have been that outrageous. Mm-hmm. You know, that that that's how easily they were picking them apart because they kept going forward. It was like Napoli kept trying to do, you know, they stuck to their attacking guns, but just for whatever reason, the shape wasn't right. They, they weren't getting through and then they were getting picked apart. So, you know, I'm sure there will be elements that you'll need to look at. I know Kim was saying that he was sort of tired, drained, you know, and, and maybe that's a factor as well. And as I say, you know, not having Ozim Hen, maybe psychologically they just weren't playing the same yeah. balls into the box, certainly not playing them with the same confidence. Because, I mean, with him, you know that he could head it in from about 45 yards out, whereas, you know, there's nobody else playing in that kind of... So I'm sure somewhere in Naples, as we speak, there'll be a physio working you know, 24 hours a day on, on Victor Osimhen to get him to get him back on his feet. But as I say, not, not a fatal blow to Napoli's title, but certainly, you know, a great night if you are if you were dressed in red and black, uh, an astonishing night and one to celebrate and, and, you know, a bit brutal, as I say, the camera went round the Maradona and you saw some wee kids that had gone, you know, to yeah. see the game and looked looked very upset, but hopefully they'll get something to celebrate come the come the end of the season. I think that's still that's still well on the well on the cards. But while they were celebrating in one half of Milan, the other half was not celebrating Indeed. because they came up against Europe's most informed team. The unstoppable <laughs> The unstoppable force. That has become Fiorentina in the second half of the season, which phenomenal to me. Um, we've, we've said it before that you know that there's a little tinged with regret that you know where was this team hiding um, in the first half of the season. But they've certainly things have just clicked. I mean, I don't know how much you saw of the game, Marcos. Fiorentina certainly rode their luck on occasions. They yeah. had they had Romelu some misses. Yeah. Yes, they had Romelu Lukaku to thank in particular yeah. um for for missing a chance that, that you or I might even have got on target. Let's not I be think. Silly. No, well, okay, I'm going too <laughs> far there. But you know but I mean certainly, you know, and it's obviously it's brought down a lot of criticism on Lukaku. It's brought a lot of criticism of Inzaghi, which, you know, I think I like to think we've kind of started here on the podcast. But, you know, it, it, it does look like his future is, you know, seriously in question, which, as I say, you know, a bit harsh when you're losing to the best team in Europe. <laughs> but, you know, just the same, you know, whatever. You know, it, it was obviously, it was a, it was an amazingly open game. I mean, and I think that, thing that if I was an Inter fan would annoy me was that it, it really they tried to play or they seemed to play a lot on the break um, you know and counter attack against it was as if Fiorentina I mean Fiorentina created a lot of chances of their own they were yeah. they were pressed in after they went um, 1-0 up and it was inevitably an ex-Milan man Bonaventura that, that scored the goal um, they did they did press on but it, Fiorentina coped with that Pretty well. I mean, it has been, you know. I, I think the the sort of the. I mean, I never expected this level of form from Fiorentina, but I I did think in the first half they were unlucky in a lot of games. They did, 
you know, the stats did show that they had a lot of the possession, they created a lot of chances, yeah. they couldn't stick it into the net, whereas what's happened now is that they are, you know, their end product's better. They still, Ikone still can't hit the target, but, but Cabral has become... A, a much more consistent forward. Jovic, although he's out injured at the moment, but, you know, Jovic has brought goals. Castrovilli coming back has made a difference as well. That's like, that's been like a new player sort of bought in the in the transfer window. And they've just got, I think they've got a bit more solid at the back, although, as I say, they did ride their, they did ride their luck against um, Inter on Saturday. But, you know, that, that form run is astonishing. And, you know, the, 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 Hope it will continue because we've got a lot of games coming up now, thick and fast. Cremonese, the first leg of the Italian Cup through the week, and then on to the Poznan games in in the Conference League as well. As I say, I think the annoying thing is that probably European qualification is gone. Although you know, if they can keep this level of form yeah. up, then nothing's nothing's out of the question. But they have become, you know, and I got to, I suppose, credit the club. Some, you know. Some might have panicked and got rid of Italiano because the you know the the results were poor and they did look awfully predictable. Um, so you got to give you got to give him credit as well for sticking to his guns, as I say. And and just it, to me, it's just the fact that some players have have hit a vein of form now, and they seem to, he seems to have got a kind of clearer picture of what what players he needs, and and above all they're sticking it in the net when they are, you know, when they're on top, sometimes even when they're not on top, which does make a, which does make a, a huge, a huge I mean, difference. I, I'm, I'm just looking at the, at the table and more actually at the fact that Inter have lost 10 games now this season, which is atrocious, to be frank, from this team that, that you know, they've got that squad that they have. Yeah. But so Fiorentina only lost 10 games. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah so, no, I mean... um, so, you know, it is a, it is a question of, you know, a little bit more luck, and and they clearly would be much higher in the table than they currently are. There were there were definitely, as I say, there's definitely been games in this run that they've won where they've been fortunate, but there were games that they lost or drew in the first half of the season. Where Inter being one of them actually in the first half of the season, where they were unfortunate not to pick up something, so they could have been definitely could have been higher up the table. But I mean, what you're saying is right about Inter that it is. Uh, you know, you can understand why knives are out for Inzaghi because, you know, Fiorentina were winning that game. Inter were able to bring on Jaco Lautaro. You know, you think, well, hmm, that's not a bad, that's not a bad bench yeah. to have. You know, and you should be, you should be beating Fiorentina. But you should be beating. You know, there are teams worse than Fiorentina that Inter have failed to beat this season, and that's the real kind of. Uh, accusation against Inzaghi, I guess, that, you know, he just hasn't got out of a squad that should be uh, much better. He just hasn't got them playing football, really, you know, and he hasn't got the results. And I know they've made their progress in Europe, but you'd have to be worried, you know, did, would you stick with them ahead of playing Benfica, Marco, or, or do you think well, it's... I, don't, I think it'd be a bit mad to sack him before a big game like that. Um Especially when I don't know is it, who are they going to pull in quickly to try and sort that out. I, I think you probably have to stick with them. I'd, I'm not very optimistic for them against Benfica, um, and I think without doubt he will be gone at the end of the season. So it will be interesting to see who they do bring in. Of course, Conte is now available, and um, but you know I'm sure there'll be a bit of a um, roundabout in terms of 
who who goes who goes where, but um, I can't see him lasting in in Milan beyond the summer. No, I think his days are done. He's a dead man walking, unless he, you know, by some fluke went on and won the Champions yeah, League. I guess true, then but... that that would save him. But I don't see that happening either, really, because I've never seen any performance in in Europe really to suggest that that was that that was likely to likely to happen. But enough of this. Serie A chat, people be itching to hear about another Venetian victory as well, Mark. This is this is getting to be a this is getting to be a habit. How do you, I mean? I mean, are you, are you feel, still feel like Fiorentina? No, but, no, but are you still but, um, you, does it still feel as uncomfortable as it did, or are you yeah. are you starting to get used to it? Well, yeah, it was. I have to say, yesterday, I think probably was performance of the season. I have it, it was just a. A victory that looked certain, even when we went one 0 behind um, at the start of the game, which was again a defensive cock up from us, which is an area of the team that is just weak. But um, we just looked so much better than Como. We dominated them uh, from the start, created so many chances, and eventually got got the equaliser just before half time. And then immediately after half time, uh, Dennis Johnson stepped up and and served up two beautiful assists, um, and and of course Poy and Pelo scored the, the third one, um, and t- we we should have scored more. We could have scored more. Como the, the the result looks a lot closer than the game actually was three two. They scored in the ninety first minute, and of course that then led to five minutes of panicking, um, and quite easily we could have you know given a goal away at, at that point and 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 thrown everything away, but. I, w- I was more than the w- victory. I was most encouraged by the performance. If we can play like that, then I can't. S- I, I, you know, I don't have a lot of worries in terms of of relegation. But the mad thing is that we're still only one point off the the relegation playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also only seven points off the promotion playoffs. Yeah, which well, as we've, we we discussed this, uh, you know, ad nauseum on the podcast. But it really is a, a mad league. It, it is a madly, but I think that, like to me, it, the, that that result at the weekend, Como were one of the form teams yeah. of Serie B. They hadn't lost for I think a couple of months since they lost to Frosinone. You know they were rising up the league table pretty fast. They've got a bit of money behind them as well. You know, so they were a fancied side. So that was a kind of statement of intent from Venezia. And I see, you know, I look. I think that I think maybe the last promotion playoff place is Regina at the moment and they're in they're in free we fall I mean, them next. yeah well you know there's a lot of, there's a lot of clubs yeah, yeah. that are their form line is downward and more more depressing than Venezia's at the moment so you know there's definitely yeah, like, cause for optimism like even though you, that goes against our, yeah, exactly. our very I mean, nature but. Um, like you with Fiorentina there is a you know when you see the team being able to perform like that then there is an element of frustration that it's only being turned on at this stage of the season when we're in the position we're in but and and it has to be said that I do think the Jan unlike last January in Serie A I think this January's transfer window has really strengthened the squad and the team um, and it was needed to sort of clear out quite a lot of the old guard who were still traumatised or just didn't care about what happened last season. But um, I don't know if you saw the sending off of Vanoli as well, which was a classic. <laughs> no, I didn't so see that. so, no. so we, uh, we 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 equalised in the forty sixth minute, and he uh, 
proceeded to get booked twice in in the, the celebrations. I think he said something to the linesman or something and then got booked and then he went mental, had to be held back and then the ref sent him off after that. So, you know... Um, so he doesn't just look like you, he behaves like yeah, you exactly, as well. Exactly. But I've never seen a manager so angry after his team has just equalised. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Um, it didn't it didn't hinder us in the second half, fortunately. No, no, he's done I mean he's done a good job as well, really yeah. globally, since he's definitely as you say, the, the January thing's obviously shaking things up as well. But he's helped to shake things up because it did look Pretty forlorn at one stage, so you know, mm-hmm. onwards and upwards. Me this, me this happy run of form for <laughs> both our teams. Long may it, long may it continue. But just to finish on a downer, because that's what that's what we do. We'll, that's what people expect. It is what people expect, and it is our sort of our kind of our key strength. I think our USP, if you will, is is dealing in in misery. A quick a quick look back at. Italy. Um, I mean, there were uh, maybe the second half of the England game was was cause for some optimism, but, but globally, a pretty drab start to um, European qualification. I mean, it might see the exception, maybe our new adopted cousin Matteo Retigo. Yes, uh, yes, uh, um, but I mean, what Marco? What what were your Hot takes from those those two well, games, um, England the, and, yeah. and Malta. The the first half of England was a shocking performance, like really one of the worst that I've seen us have. But it was a continuation of what we've seen really since the Euros. It, it reminded me of the Argentina, the the whatever the La Finalissima or whatever they called it, that sort of level of poor performance where you just we just looked completely second paced to everything England did in the first half. Could easily have been. 4 0 down, never mind 2 0 down. Should have been God bless Jack Grealish. Yeah, exactly. For, for... But the second half, I actually thought suddenly we we were good. And, I, you know, in a way, we were unlucky not to get a point out of the game at the very least. But it, it, I was hoping that that might carry into the Malta game and give us um, a good performance. I don't know if he made too many changes after that first game or something, but it didn't quite work. Uh, Ritegui looks decent to me I, I i see there's a sort of classic italian thing of now like lots of old men of italian football are coming out and saying that he's actually not very good because they didn't discover him obviously um i've seen saw sabatini saying this bergomi question and all this sort of stuff but he looks you know he scored two goals in two games you can't ask more than that and he looked pretty decent did he look like a world be you know like world class no but Let's wait and see what happens. He's definitely worth having as an option there. Um, I think the the, the defence looked absolutely shocking, and that is an area of worry, especially against England. And the midfield, I still think he needs to bring in some more of the the younger boys that we do have who are good players. Yeah, that. yeah. I think I think you I mean he said you know he wasn't bringing in the there was a lot of call for Juve's Fajoli yeah. and uh, be able to come in and, and he said no we've got cover but I think that especially in the first half of that England game Jorginho looked uh, yeah. done he looked done at that level which I mean you know maybe he isn't you know and I, I like him and you know even if he never kicked another ball for Italy, he's done. You know, he gave us great pleasure. Yeah, so you know, the, there's there, there's no discredit in that. But you know, that kind of player, 
there is a point where their legs just go and they don't have the pace and the tempo. To, I mean, he was never the quickest, but, you know, he was a Especially great leader of the game. The, yeah, against England, who know him. Uh, yeah, very well. I, th- I think maybe it was a mistake to go. Yeah, with. especially with I don't think you can do that, Jorginho Verratti combo anymore in no, midfield. I, I, think, I like both of them as yeah, players. But yeah, yeah. I think it's had its day. Both. I think yeah. it's just had its day that pe- teams know, especially better teams know um, how to how to defeat that. And yeah, no, the second half was. There was encouragement, and then maybe he just got carried away and brought in too many, uh, or changed mm. too much. I, I don't know, but it is it, what I've said earlier in the pod actually about that thing of just everybody buying into some, everybody playing at the Euros. That was everything clicked, and yeah. just those players, you know, produced above the individual yeah, yeah. ability yeah. of the players, and he's got to try and find that magic again because. There aren't that many world beaters in in Italian football just now. Don't we don't have that many players that um, strike fear into that? It was unfortunate that you know Chiesa got injured because he might be one of the few I think that is you know at yeah. that at that elite level. Um, you know, so you could you know not build a team around him, but you know he would certainly terrorise a defence more than. Anything we had across the the two games really in in the European nation, the, the the qualifying group set up so easily that you know if with two teams going through that I don't I don't see any great reason to panic. Although <laughs> I did see that previously with with North Macedonia, and, I mean, I'll, and I'll that was say, a cause for I'll panic. Make, yeah, I mean, yeah. Let's wait and see how the the Ukraine games go in the mm-hmm. yeah. But like, I I think. Um, yeah, hopefully we should be okay. I, I, I think it is just a case of like he does need to try and just rebuild and stick, you know, get a bit of consistency. But it is the defence. I think if we could find some solidity in the defence, then that would give the rest of the team a bit of confidence. And I just don't feel the team has any confidence in the defence at the moment. And I can't really see where the players are that, that he's bringing in that are going to make that make that defence better is, is the main problem. No, no, there's not There's not a lot. I mean, it, I didn't, Bastoni was out injured and I do like him, but it, that's not that's not building a that's not rebuilding a whole defence, is it? Mm-hmm. Really, you know, there's still you've still got your Acherbys and Toloys and you know they're they're all decent players, but just that's not you're right. That's not paving the way for a, a bright new future, really, mm-hmm. is it? You know, there needs to be some some other some other players coming through that are going to that are going to do that, and and. You know, also the midfield is an issue because that then kind of screens the defence. And you know, if you're losing yeah. the ball easily That's in true. midfield, then you're putting these players under pressure. And it's it is just a way. I think it's about you know he wants us to impose our play, but we need to rediscover what our play is. That's I the mean, bottom line. I, I know we're we're running long, so mm. we'll bring it to a close quickly. Yeah. But what did you think of him? Because I actually thought we looked, we had looked better with this change to a three at the back, with because of the problem that we have in defence, and that we've got a lot of old men who are quite slow. Um, and I thought we looked more solid like that. And then he went back to four at the back against England, and it, it, like we're, we were torn apart really. So yeah, no, I don't it, know. it is a worry. I mean, I don't. It's not a formation I'm overly fond of globally. The, the three centre back, mm. but you know, in certainly in the short term, it might be something that they have to do because you know 
to play a four-three-three, like I think is what he wants to yeah. play, you need to have some bloody good players, and I don't know that we have those players. You know, we don't. Retain. We might be the man to lead the line. Great, Kiesa if he's fit could be one amazing winger. You know, so we, there are elements. Nyonto, maybe the other. I don't know, but th- then. Your yep. midfield needs to be bloody good, and it's not that good just now. And yep. that then leaves two central defenders horribly exposed. That did the you know well as I say the four at the back was looked a luxury we couldn't afford <laughs> against England for forty five minutes. So yeah, you know it might be a case, especially against stronger sides, of just switching to that and saying you know we're going to be compact and suffer and you know show those side that side of our game which we did at the Euros as well you know it wasn't yeah. all it wasn't all go out and impose yourself although there was a lot of that good stuff as well but you know sometimes you have to know how to suffer and still get a result whereas just now we're just getting the suffering without like getting players like, unfortunately players like Spinazzola is, he just doesn't look like the same player anymore unfortunately but that he was obviously no. he was having a magic moment at the Euros yeah playing above himself but he doesn't look anything like he just doesn't look like he's got the confidence to beat a man anymore and stuff. So no, no, and and that you know you, these are magic elements. I don't, you know, I don't envy a coach trying to find that, especially a national team coach. You know, it's one thing when you've got someone week in week out, but to find the men that just produce that magic for yeah. the national team is is a difficult is a difficult search. But for now, let's forget about the national team. <laughs> let's just bask in the glory of. Two of the greatest teams that Italian football has at the moment, the Serie A and Serie B's finest, finest side. So uh, we'll come back to earth with a bump, but no doubt in due course because that's what we expect. But for now, we're we're basking in that. We're basking in that glory. Um, so if you're enjoying this um, unusual. <laughs> rush of rush of optimism and 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 good humour that is in the podcast. Then please, you know, let people know about it, share it, tell tell people because that's what um, that's what we like. And uh, we'll be back now. The only thing next week, of course, is um, Easter weekend, so we'll be it's the Saturday night. The games are the games are on. We'll discuss we'll discuss yeah. off here what we'll what we'll do with that and we'll share we'll share via social media how we'll how we'll how we'll cover that weekend. But um until then thanks again for thanks again for listening and do keep tuning in. Speak to you later. <laughs>